You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a true and respected cinephile. He is the captain. I tell you, I get no respect. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today we are drinking, this is a dandy here, Captain. We are drinking some really good stuff from Tactical Brewing Company, and it's called Wolves of Bellow. This is a double dry hopped New England IPA primed with Enigma and Cashmere hops. We love our friends over at Tactical Brewing. Cheers to them and cheers to our other friends right here. First up, we have Ann H. in Fairfield, Connecticut. A big thanks and cheers to Ann. And a big shout out to Chet and Laura in Little Rock, Arkansas. Next up, a big thanks to Brian S. in Leavenworth, Kansas. And a big We Like Your Jib to Karen in Butler, PA. Next, we have Walter and Becky from Tacoma, Washington. Proud members of the True Crime Garage Army. And last... But certainly not least, we have William in Las Vegas. Everyone we just mentioned helped us out with this week's beer fund, and for that, we thank you. Yeah, a little beer fund for the beer run. B-W-E-R-R-U-N. Beer run. And if you'd like more True Crime Garage, download the Stitcher app. All of our episodes are free, and some of them are commercial free. And also check out our bonus show called Off the Record. And that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. I know you're going to dig this. All right, welcome to the show, Captain. This is some exciting stuff. I'm excited for today's show. We are going to be talking about some of our favorite true crime documentaries. Got to do a little, got to clear the air a bit before we walk into this because we've done this twice before, back in 2016 and 2018. So our list that we are presenting here today are not necessarily our favorite or our our top five or top 10 true crime documentaries of all time. Right. It's just a new list since the old list have been out. So these are ones that we have watched devoured since our list that came out in 2016 and 2018. Now you're going, well, what were on those lists? Well, it's like 30 documentaries or something. So you can find that if you're listening on the stitcher app, which is free, you can listen to all the old episodes. Go and dig up episodes 59, 
in episodes 197 for those two lists, or if you're a diehard, then you listened to Off the Record yesterday where we discussed both those lists. Yeah. And those are the people that we like the most. They, yeah. When yeah. you, you know, sometimes you have to rank your children by which one you love the most. Yeah. And or one, which one showers more. Yeah. Or which mm. one you love the least. Well, the uh, Off the Record people, cheers to you. You won again. <laughs> You're uh, our favorite children. All right. Yeah. All right. Number five. We're just doing five. We're doing five each. Mm. So yeah. it'd be interesting if we have. My suspicion here, Captain, is we will have at least one that makes it onto both of our list. Well, you're a betting man. I am. I got. Let's put fifty dollars on that. All right. You're you. <laughs> I know you too well. You'll change your list on the fly just to win the fifty bucks. That's how betting works. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, I get to go first. So my Wait, number five. But go we ahead. should be clear. It's it's not just a one part documentary it could be a docu-series right could be a long form or could be a docu-series so my number five is actually long form it's an hour and 42 minute documentary that came out a long time ago 2011 it's called a nightmare in las cruces Mm. so you can find this on amazon prime but you'll have to buy it or rent it Okay. Which I did. And I did that weeks before we put out our coverage on that still unsolved case, the bowling alley massacre in Las Cruces. Right. Worth the rental? Not only worth the rental, but good enough to make it on my top five that I've seen since 2018. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I really enjoyed it. The director is Charlie Min and Mark Myers. Now, Charlie Min is pretty well known for his continued continued participation in keeping this case in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Min is an interesting dude. He says that, you know, when he was in college, he saw the old Unsolved Mysteries when they presented this case. And we talked about that when we covered it how Unsolved Mysteries kind of did like an, oh, by the way, it was one of their wanted segments where they were like, this horrible crime happened just like a month or so ago. I think it happened. So it happened in January and Unsolved Mysteries put it on their show in early April, which is a quick turnaround for a whole film production and TV production crew. Mm -hmm. They just really wanted to help and they really wanted to put these composite sketches of the individuals that were wanted for this horrible crime on TV. So unsolved mysteries, they only did like seven or eight minutes on the entire case. Now, again, it was very fresh. It was a very new case. And then Charlie men, well, he puts this out on in 2011. I think his original goal was trying to trying to get it out right at the 20 year anniversary. And I think he, I think there was some trouble and it, and it it took a slightly longer than that, but he did a really interesting take on it because he, he really dove into, well, what could be the motive for this? Because the motive in that, that case just doesn't make any sense that they go in and they don't steal that much money, the perpetrators. And the result is they attempt to kill seven people. That's a lot of damage for little reward for their their uh, their attack, their troubles, their what they put these people through. We had a lot of listeners from that area say that it's probably the biggest speculation in that area was that it was some kind of mob or, or gangster related hit due to the fact that the guy that owned the bowling alley had a bunch of problems with gambling. Yeah. He seemed to have uh, some of his own problems. And as you said, and then there's also thought that, that drugs was part of the, the motivation or, or behind the, the crime itself that maybe these two were not only looking for money in this robbery, but maybe they were led to believe or had reason to believe that there could be a large stash of drugs somewhere in the the bowling alley in the business right so that's my number five there mr captain a nightmare in las cruces as said you can watch that on amazon and it's a you'll have to rent it or purchase it 
All right, so my number five is one case of the new Unsolved Mysteries series. Ooh, I like what you did there. It's the first case, Ray Rivera. Yes. So Ray Rivera was the first case that came out. Everybody was really excited about Netflix is coming out with Unsolved Mysteries, and they, they remixed the theme a little bit, but they didn't change it too much. And everybody was really excited. But now the format changed because the format used to be where there would be multiple cases and there'd be, you know, like you were saying, something be featured for five minutes or 10 minutes. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they would talk about aliens or Bigfoot. Sometimes they'd talk about missing person cases. So the format has changed. The whole series is rated 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. You can find Unsolved Mysteries, this series, on Netflix. It's still there. Mm-hmm. I really thought the first case was the best case. It was this guy that they, they moved to a whole different state to work for his friend. And then one day he gets a call, and then they can't find him. And when they find him, it looks like he went through the roof of a building. It was a, ho- a hotel, a fancy hotel. Yeah. And it, it was one of those cases... It, it reminded me so much of a when you hear of a Brian Schaefer or you hear of a Mara Murray where you just go, what? That doesn't make any sense. Not and, only not only what this doesn't make any sense, more so, too, is what? Why have I not heard of this before? Like, I, I don't know about you, but I had not heard of uh, Ray Rivera's case until never. Unsolved Mysteries. And I got this fantastic text from the captain who was like, have you started to watch the new Unsolved Mysteries yet? And I said, no. And he said, you'll really like the first case. And you were absolutely right. It's a it's a fascinating case. Yeah, it's a case that I think we should, even though a lot of people have seen that episode, I think it's a good case that we could have a lot of discussion on speculation. Because the other thing fascinating about that case is that there's this four-page note that mm-hmm. it was four pages. The, whoever made this note shrunk down four pages into one and it was folded and duct taped to his desk, and it seems almost like some kind of cryptic writing. But overall, and I might get some hatred for this, and, and that's fine, but overall, the series to me was maybe a 5 out of 10. I think they could have hit a home run, but I think it's missing certain things. And I know a lot of people say, well, you can't replace a host like that. My argument is that with there being no host and by you changing the format of it, you're really losing a lot of the characteristics of why people liked Unsolved Mysteries in the first place. And so it just, it could have been called anything else and I think it would have still been pretty good, but I don't think it necessarily had to be called Unsolved Mysteries. I give it the whole series a five out of 10. But case number one, Ray Rivera, I give that a nine and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I for for the most part, I like that they called it Unsolved Mysteries. I like that the original people were back at it and working to put put this show out again, a show that we love so much as as children. I don't mind the long form and that each episode is kind of its own standalone case. That doesn't bother me. And I I actually thought. The opposite of what you said. I thought it was smart not to go with a host just because you you couldn't. That was the problem anytime they brought it back in the past was that the host was always, and I th- I thought the host always did a good job. It's just it was always a letdown because that's what we grew up and that's what we're used to. Right, but we've seen several shows where they do reboots and that's kind of the make or break because the thing is if, when they came back out with it the first time, it was like, oh, yeah, this is n- nostalgia. But there's nothing that really connects you in a sense of, you know, one of my favorite shows is, is Queer Eye. And when they replaced the host when it went to Netflix, I was going, am I going to like this these new hosts? Well, you do, and they're different from the first host. But once you once you do, if you do like them, then you're rooting for them to do well. You're rooting for them to come back. It's right. just like if you watch Mindhunter. The actors did such a great job. You have now a relationship with these actors 
you want them to come back for season three. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that there was no person to connect to, it's like, well, if they came back out with an, another season, that'd be cool. But if they don't, no big deal. I want to be heartbroken. Well, good pick by you there, Captain. Um, my number four is called Long Shot. And this is from 2017. And I believe we've actually talked about this either, you know, on off the record or on True Crime Garage or or just, you know, to, together somewhere before. But I really enjoyed this film called Long Shot. It's a documentary about a man who's arrested for a murder. Now, the interesting thing about this was he had an alibi. And his alibi, they were questioning it. They're like, yeah, you were at a ball game? Sure thing. Yeah, we don't believe you because we have somebody else who puts you at the murder scene and says you're the guy that did it. Right. Well, what ends up happening is that they have, because it's a baseball game, you know, there is footage somewhere, camera footage of that game. But in a weird, weird coincidence... They were filming, and see, I'm trying to discuss this without giving too much away, but I guess at this point, I got to say, who cares? It's three years old. If, you, if you've if you not seen it yet, um, then, you know, I maybe you weren't looking to watch it anyway. But the weird thing about this is that they were filming an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm at that actual baseball game. Right. So they had more cameras there than they normally would. And you had HBO who had cameras there. And HBO, I mean, just one of the best in the business at, at be it movies, TV shows, or doc- documentaries. So this one is great. And the thing that I like about it too, um, you know, I like things that are long. I like things that are short. It That's doesn't matter uh, minutes-wise as long as it's good. This one I was surprised because when I sat down to watch it, I was expecting, you know, most documentaries, hour and a half-ish, something like that. But um, this one was only like 40, maybe 45. It's 40 minutes long. Actually, I'm looking at my notes right now. 40 minutes long. So it's a quick one to get through, and it's very interesting. And I love the diagrams along the way, the way that they lay the case out for you for and against this individual. It's very easy and clear and concise to follow. So I love that part of it. And it's very entertaining, very interesting, and it's – it's almost like watching a, a now episode of, of Unsolved Mysteries. You're going to get through this thing in about 40 minutes. And this is available on HBO? This is on Netflix. All right. So my number four would be I Love You, Now Die, mm. which was released in 2019. It's two hours and 20 minutes. It's available on HBO Max. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's Ooh, that's pretty high. Michelle Carter stands trial for sending aggressive text messages to her boyfriend, encouraging suicide before he was found dead by suicide in his car. It goes through the trial a lot and it's very sad. I think depression and suicide are something that are very, it's a very complex issue, very complex case. And it's one of those cases, I think, throughout the documentary, you go, well, I see her being wrong, but I don't know if that means that she's a murderer. And you just, but it's, you're constantly getting pulled back and forth mm-hmm. on, on what to think uh, of this. And I highly recommend it. I think it was very interesting. And, and, and when they break down all the evidence, it's, it's definitely a, a very interesting case. So. Number four, I love you, now die. Okay, so we've not had any that have made both lists so far. Right. So my number three is called The Hunt for the Boston Bombers. This was a TV movie. It says TV movie, but it's actually a documentary. But if you look it up on IMDb, it says TV movie 2014. And, of course, this is the recounting of... (laughs) All your, all your shows are old. Yeah. 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 So, um, 
This one is about the 2013 terrorist bombing of the Boston Marathon, mm-hmm. which I still remember going back to then the, this horrible crime taking place. And then it really took me a few days to even process what what happened there in Boston. It was such a strange terrorist attack and such a bizarre thing. You know, you're hearing about this. The, the first bomb went off at 2.49 p.m. April 15th, 2013. And I think it wasn't until that Thursday that I fully wrapped my head around it. It was, you know, some, sometimes these things are so shocking when you hear them on the news that it takes a while to, to really set in. And I didn't really know what to make of it. Well, these are very similar attacks to what was happening in Europe at the time. Mm -hmm. So I think as far as law enforcement, they, they kind of had a better understanding of it than, than our public because it wasn't something that was happening Uh, in this manner, like it was in Europe. So three days later, the FBI released images of two suspects. So now they're like, hey, these are the guys that we think did this. This is who we are looking for. And then what takes place after that is the two brothers who, who committed this bombing amongst other crimes along the way they decide to carjack. Um, well, they don't carjack him. They're, they, I guess they were trying to get his gun or something. They shot and killed a MIT campus police officer. Mm-hmm. And then they carjacked this, this other guy. But what they were doing was they, not only did they carjack this guy, they take him hostage, but they're, they're also continuing to drive their vehicle as well in you know tandem driver situation. This guy ends up being able to escape. They make a stop somewhere and he escapes. His cell phone remained in his vehicle. So now you have all these agencies that were working to find these two guys. They know who it is now and they can track their whereabouts because of this dude's cell phone. Now, the documentary itself inside the the hunt for the Boston bombers, it was done on the National Geographic channel. And it was fascinating to see how they were able to pinpoint where the, t- the attacks took place at the marathon, what time it was, who was in the area, who was affected by it, how can we get visuals of these people, of the perpetrators, and then translate that into the actual manhunt for what they were very obviously aware of fairly early on is two perpetrators, a minimum of two guys mm-hmm. were involved in this thing. Well, and also after the the initial attack, the victims of the attack that were recovering in the hospital, the ones that were still alive, were giving FBI and different law enforcement agents the best descriptions of these individuals that they could. Mm -hmm. And if anybody wants to see, you know, probably have heard of the the movie Stronger with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, but it's it's one of the best acting performances I think of that I've ever seen. And and it has a lot to do with obviously uh, the Boston marathon bombing. So by that Friday night, you know, just days later on that Friday night, they, they are really honing in and closing in on these two guys. And when I say they, I mean, think of just about any agency you can think of was pretty much involved. You had the FBI, Mm-hmm. You had uh, ICE, you had the state police, you had CIA. I mean, just about anybody you can think of, you had local police. You had, And oddly enough, we just recently covered a, a case out of Somerville. You had Somerville police and, and the Boston City police. Everybody was involved in this. It was something crazy like, um, I don't know how many hundreds or maybe even thousands of officers, agents, what have you were in that area. And what it boils down to is about a 20 block radius search for these guys. And I remember watching this on a, on a Friday night as it's happening, there there were like camera crews in the area watching everything because you had Somerville and you had Watertown that day. They woke up to 
news flashes and automated phone calls to the homes telling everybody to shelter in place, stay in your homes because there's danger in the area. These terrorists are in the area. Not only are they in the area, we are actively hunting them with guns drawn mm-hmm. in your area. So um, it, I thought the, the, the uh, crime, of course, is absolutely horrible, but the, the manhunt and the technology and the way that they hunted down these two guys, I couldn't believe how fascinating it was. And it's told best, in my opinion, in this um, documentary from the National Geographic channel. The Inside the Hunt for the Boston Bombers is my number three. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, 
you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious, from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Back to our list. So, so far you have your number five is what? My number five is Nightmare in Las Cruces. Number four. Long Shot. Number three. Inside the Hunt for the Boston Bombers. So my number five is Unsolved Mysteries, but the first case, Ray Rivera. Number four is I Love You, Now Die. Number three is starring the Krispy Kernel, the Lake, ah. the Lake Erie Murders. And I know that it was, this is where it gets a little confusing for me because I was even looking this up. It looks like there was a, a really la- large series. Mm-hmm. But the first three episodes are about the Amy Mahalovic case. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. The, the first three episodes, it was released in 2019. It was on the ID channel. I believe you can find it right now on Hulu. I have watched this twice. This was about the Amy Mahalovic, 10-year-old that went missing and murdered October 27th, 1989. To see the actual footage, this is a case that we've talked about extensively. I've heard you in conversations at CrimeCon talking about this case extensively. It's one that I've read a lot about, but to see the actual footage, to see the actual interviews of people that I've only read about to actually see them was uh, the main thing. But also one of the reasons why I put it number three on the list is how much information is presented and how they, I I think they just did a stellar job of breaking it down. There's so many possible suspects and they, they do it in such a clear and formative way, but where you're not getting bored. The whole series is not actually rated yet on Rotten Tomatoes, but on IMDb, it gets uh, a 71% rating. So the Lake Erie murders, again, crisp, you get to see the crispy colonel yelling at the camera. And, and I think it's it's really good documentary. Yeah. So the first three, as you said, kind of kick off the whole thing. And they're roughly, what, about an hour each? Maybe, yeah. you know, once you take out the commercials, 45 minutes each, we'll say. And it's really just that Amy Mahalovic case is, is, one, a fascinating case. It's well known in that region, this region of the country. And it was, it had never been, it was Almost shocking that it had not been done before. A long-form documentary about that case. Mm-hmm. I was very happy and honored to be a, a part of of that portion of it. That really kicks off what is to be all these other cases. So for I've watched some of the actual episodes since that came out. And I kind of cherry pick 
I know a lot of the cases in this region. So often I'll, I'll look for one that I know or recognize maybe the victim's name, but haven't really done any research on it. And it's all kind of fascinating stuff. They do show some solved cases. And that's interesting to me too. I love when people take unsolved stuff. We don't have the answer. And then, oh, sprinkle in a few solved ones along the way so you can see how it got done. Or some of the cases went cold. You know, they went cold for, we're talking eight, nine, ten years. Right. Especially, and some of these, they look like they had somebody good for it. They look like they had a, a good suspect. And, you know, you have situations where it's either they just couldn't put them away, needed some more information, or they had the wrong guy. Well, and that's why they didn't have the information because there is no real evidence on this dude. So years later, you end up getting the case solved. I think it's a brilliant series. Again, I've not watched all of them or, or anywhere near all of them, but from what I've seen, I, I like it very much. And, and, uh, yeah, I, that was going to be an honorable mention for me there, Mr. Captain. Yeah. I just think it's very informative. And if you're interested in that case, even if you read a lot about it, you're going to learn something and you're going to get to see people that were involved. All right. So number two, your number two. All right, Crispy Colonel, number two. I went with the uh, Atlanta's Missing and Murdered, The Lost Children. Of course, this is a pretty recent one. This came out in 2020. It's on HBO as we are having this conversation. So well, you, it is my number two as well. So, Oh, how about that? There you go. Okay. There, it happened. It's five episodes long. Yes. Is... I thought it to be easy to binge. Yeah, I think some of the episodes are pretty short, 40 minutes long. So it's a, Elena's Missing and Murder, The Lost Children. It's the abduction and murder of at least 30 African-American children and young adults in Atlanta between 1979 and 1981. It gets 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty good score. Very good score. Yeah, it it was very interesting. It kept me involved the entire time. I enjoyed it so much that I could have watched more episodes had they made them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they left anything. They Not that they wanted me, you know, not that I l- felt that I was unfulfilled. You know, not that I felt that uh, they left some some big matzo balls out there and didn't, didn't sum them up. I, I felt that it, it was very thorough, very well done. I didn't agree. I'm not going to lie to you, Captain. I didn't agree with 30 or 40% of it, but it was, it was entertaining. It yeah, was, but- <laughs> it was a fascinating look at mm-hmm. this, at this case. And it was HBO. I mean, HBO is kind of the gold standard in my opinion for television and for entertainment. And they did not, they did not, um, disappoint yeah here's one of the reasons why i like this as a documentary it's not an all or nothing type documentary if you watch the first paradise loss for example that's not an all-in documentary you can walk away going well maybe these kids are guilty maybe they're innocent i'm not for sure by the time you get to the second part of that documentary they're pretty all in on the idea that they believe that these teenagers are are innocent. And that's what I mean by all in documentary. You see this also with like making a murder and some other big documentaries. I thought this was very well done. They, I think they did a really good job of going back and forth from the old footage because I think sometimes that stuff can, you can get lost in the old footage if they don't present it a certain way. But I I think the thing I liked most about it was, again, it just it wasn't an all or nothing. Even when they're arguing certain points, they they keep reiterating, this is not to to prove that Wayne Williams is innocent of all the crimes. He just might be innocent of a, of a couple. Um, and I really like that about about the documentary. I also thought that. In, intro was really interesting how they would take those photographs and they would turn them into ink 
and they would fade into the other photographs. I thought it was yeah. very well done and 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 very similar to like with like the Amy Mahalovic, the Lake Erie murders or I Love You Now Die or even the Unsolved Mysteries. I think what you're seeing on my list is a bunch of documentaries that are not, you know, beat you over the head that here's what we believe and you better think this when the documentary is over as opposed to how some other documents documentaries have been made. Uh, so that's my number two as well. Yeah, it was very well put together. It's a, it's an easy watch because it is so informative and interesting. You learn a lot of things, not only about the case, but the city of Atlanta shortly before, during, and after the crimes took place and even the trial of, of Wayne Williams, which I believe didn't go down until like 83, maybe even 84. It was a while before he was actually at trial and, and sentenced. But I'm, I'm a big fan of Keisha Lance Bottoms, the, the mayor of Atlanta. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. I'm a person that You're identifies cream. and identifies and recognizes people who I think are of good moral character and interesting, brilliant people. And she, I think, is fascinating. Atlanta's got a good mayor down there. She cares about this case. She cares that, I mean, look, technically, like 28, maybe even 30 of these things aren't closed cases. Right. You know, there, there, there's no conviction, even though the FBI and even though the prosecutor said, we're going to try Wayne Williams on these two cases, but, oh, we're going to link eight or nine or ten of these to him as well. And it seemed like on that day, you know, it was when they got a conviction on Wayne Williams, yes, it was a celebration for the city that the monster, they captured him. The dragon has been slayed. We've put him away. You feel really good that day. But then very quickly afterwards, you're going, wait a second. We got all these cases that are technically unsolved. Right. And so I think Keisha Lance Bottoms is doing gangbusters work down there in Atlanta. I think she's fantastic. And her going and saying, you know what? I'm encouraging the police to reopen these cases and the police, Atlanta police department have said, yes, we're going to do this. And the Atlanta police department, even up front and center says, look at the time when this was going on, we didn't really know how to investigate this. We had, um, we had problems with, uh, our, our police department on, on different things at that time too. And so right. this is an error that we are happy to jump in and try to correct. So kudos to the Atlanta Police Department. Kudos to Mayor Bottoms. And as said, she was originally a prosecutor who represented children in juvenile court in the early stages of her career. She was a, a magistrate judge at one point in Atlanta. So getting back to her roots a little bit before uh, her days as a mayor, and I thought that, one, opening up this case again, then this allows HBO to come in and get involved and document the the case as it was back then and update us on how the community feels today. Some people that are new to the area, some people that lived through this, some of them being law enforcement or or family members of victims or or church leaders, you know, people that are important to this community, how they feel about it then and how they feel about it today and hopefully We'll continue to get some progress in that case, and and I think uh, I think the documentary brought up some interesting questions. Uh, one, you know, one thing it, it pointed out to me, Captain, that I kind of forgot about was the the racist family or brothers. I don't have their their names in front of me right here in my notes, but Sanders. Yeah, the the thing that that jumped off the screen to me when when I was watching this documentary, I was like, oh yeah, they they did cover that portion in mine hunters. Yeah. You know, they, they showed them questioning these racist brothers or, or racist cousins or whatever they were. Yeah, they, they were surveillance them for a long time and they brought them in for questioning, I think twice. And, and basically law enforcement during mine hunter was going, you're wasting your time. These guys, they know the routine. You bring them down, they'll answer a couple questions. Then they get their lawyer. Right, because they're career criminals. They're just career bad guys. They do bad stuff. They know how to duck and dodge the police. Well, and they're part of this very powerful white supremacist group in Atlanta. 
And it wasn't the KKK. It was a branch. It was kind Nationalist of Nationalist or so, I don't have that no. name either. Who I didn't even when I see that type of ignorance, I don't even want to write down their organization name mm. or or burn it to memory. But it was also these dudes and their their dealings were very much in the world of drugs as well. They were doing drugs. They were dealing drugs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- there were law enforcement at the time that said, these guys have been too hopped up on drugs to to get away with any of this business. But it does uh, bring up some good, interesting questions. And it was a fantastic documentary, still available on demand on HBO. So I, I definitely, obviously, the captain is backing me on this one. Two thumbs up. Watch this one. And the reason why it's number two on my list is this is a case that I've never really been that into. I've read some stuff about it. We covered it here on the show, but just never really thought about, you know, it's like take a John Bonet Ramsey case. How many times have you just randomly Googled stuff that you just, wanted to know i wonder did they ever ask the parents this i wonder if they ever ask her brother this this documentary was so good that it has me going through the case again or just randomly googling pieces of information to see what i can find out about it Mm -hmm. it it does uh, again a good job of giving you information from multiple sides not really pushing too hard of an agenda other than these cases need to be solved and need to people need to spend time and attention on them, but um, but I think it does a good job of, of of hooking you into the case even more. Yeah, and it was weird for me because when it was coming out, I was like, "Oh, look, I'm not gonna." I've been I've been pretty open book about this. Anything that HBO puts out, I'm I'm slightly interested in just because I think they do such a good job. Right. And so I was going, oh, they're they're going to tackle this big, huge case from back in the day. That intrigued me to see how they would do it. But what didn't intrigue me was the case selection, because as you said, I was never that interested in this case in recent years, because in my younger days, I had I felt pretty well informed about the case having got the information from Robert Keppel's book and from John Douglas's book. And then a and E covered it at one time. And there was American justice took a, a new look at it several times over the years. So I always felt like, you know, that this was one that's been done time and time again, been there, done that. But this is, is very worth, worth the watch, very worth the number two spot on both of our lists is it okay captain with you if i go to my number one yeah that's how it works that's how it works well i didn't know if you had anything else you wanted to throw in there um number one for me this is from the netflix world and it came out in 2018 in may of 2018 so this would have been just after we did our last list And it's called Evil Genius, the true story of America's most diabolical bank heist. Yeah. This is, one, a case that fascinated me to begin with. But then to see that somebody was going to do a documentary on it and Netflix did a bang-em-up job. I mean, a fantastic job by the Netflix people. This is also a case that's sometimes referred to as the collar bomb or the pizza bomber case. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was a four-part series. The first episode was the heist. Two was the frozen body. Three was the suspects. And four was the confessions. Confessions. So it was interesting. It's a bizarre case. It's one of the most bizarre cases that I can think of offhand. And yes, that's from 2018 on Netflix. And I consider that to be a must, must watch. That's your number one. Number one. Number one, proper number one. Okay, so mine is this number one. It, it It's going to get a little convoluted a little bit here. So it starts off, my number one starts off with a docudrama, which we didn't say was going to be on the list, but it's called When They See Us. It was a four-part docudrama, and it's about the 1989 case 
of five teenagers wrongfully wrongfully convicted of raping a woman in Central Park. Now, what happened was I watched because of one of our lists, you had the Central Park Five on your list, which is a Ken Burns and Sarah Burns Great documentary. Documentary. And you said you gotta watch this. So I watched it. It was about two hours long. It's great. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. After I watched that, there was um, a lot of advertisements about when they see us. And I saw big, back in the day, Dawson's Creek fan, Joshua Jackson plays one of the kids' attorneys. And so I believe it was on Netflix or HBO. I don't know which one it's on, actually. But when I saw this little preview with Joshua Jackson, I said, oh, let me give this a shot. Yes, I just watched this documentary about it, but I kind of want to see how they portray it. In the first episode, they take you into these interrogations of these children. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if they're over the top, but it. I think there's a thing about the Central Park Five documentary by Ken Burns that's a little sterile, that's a little more informative and less uh, emotive. This four-part series, When They See Us, is probably more about the emotion and less about the actual facts of the case. Well, and that's that that's natural. It's a, a, a docudrama, you know, yeah. dramatization. When, you, when They See Us is Netflix. I just highly recommend it. It might be in the top, I don't know, maybe three most powerful things I've ever watched. Like, it felt really important to be watching it. And I think the first episode is really good. And I remember watching the first episode and and getting done with it. And you kind of get excited it's kind of like when you watch Mindhunter for the first time or you watch you know, Making a Murder for the first time. You watch one episode and you went, damn, this is good. What's next? Right. But I already thought I knew the story. But once they get to part four, it becomes basically all about Corey Wise, which is the one of, the, I believe, the oldest that was charged. And it was basically his story about how he end up getting convicted and what where he spent time and how he spent time and and then how his connections um, brought new evidence to this case and it's just one of the most powerful things I've ever seen uh, on TV and these kids and these teenage actors portraying things in such a way that you're just I mean it, it was exhausting like when I got done I I felt better for watching it, but I felt exhausted. And and it's also really sad that if you watch the, the documentary and then you watch this docu-drama, that there are still people out there that still think these kids are guilty yeah. of this crime. And and you know what? That is just something that I don't know that I don't how far we evolve or advance ourselves. I don't know that that ever goes away for some people that when you have someone who confesses to a crime, there's just some people that they can't get over. Well, they confess to it. Why would they confess to it if they didn't do it? Right. You know, some people will never be able to get over that and that whatever. I mean, but refresh my memory because we put, I put the, um, uh, central park five movie on my list back in 2016. So it's been four or five, maybe longer years since I've seen it. The way that I remember this going down was they arrested these these kids who were quote unquote hooligans running a, a muck in the park, right? And they're like, "Hey, look, w- the interrogators are, hey, dude, we know that you did this. You and your friends did this because their your friends are telling us they did it and you were involved. Now right. you're going to be in big trouble unless you start telling us who in the group did this." Right. And what they did. And then, so now you got kids making up stories against one another. And 
for yeah, but years. It was, but it wasn't even friends. It was like. Well, I said kids. Right, but it would be Not like, friends. And that that was the interesting thing. Some of these dudes kind of just knew each other from school, but they weren't they weren't boys. You know, they weren't they weren't best friends or or maybe even friends like you're saying. Right. Or some of these people they didn't even know. So when the when the detective comes in and says, Hey, by the way, Charlie is saying that you're the one that raped the girl. And the guy's like, and who, like who's, who's Charlie? Charlie? You know? <laughs> right. And, and there's a scene where this I mean, there's just so many powerful scenes, but there's a scene where there's a kid that's really good at trumpet, and he dro- drops off his trumpet before he goes into the Central Park that night, and he's interrogated, and there's a couple times that he asks for his mother, and it's just gut-wrenching. And to know, it's really important to see these things, even if it's just acted out to have a really good understanding of this is how the system is or was, and this is how sometimes these systems are created, and it's our job to to have an understanding of those so we can call that out as injustice. So anyways, we got our top five. I'll go over mine real quick. Unsolved Mysteries, case number one. Number four, I Love You, Now Die. Number three, The Lake Erie Murders. Number two, Atlanta's missing and murdered the lost children. And then number one, When They See Us, also the Central Park Five by Ken Burns. And I went with number five, Nightmare in Las Cruces. Number four, Long Shot. Number three, Inside the Hunt for the Boston Bombers. At number two, we both had the same selection and a mighty fine one at that. Atlanta's missing and murdered the lost children. And for number one, I went with Netflix's Evil Genius. All right. Do we have any notables? Well. Honorable mentions. Some of my honorable mentions were covered in your your five. Um, But one that jumps off the page to me was The Innocent Man. And this was Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's a documentary, well, a series. It's six episodes. And this was from, really? That doesn't seem right. It says it's from 2012, but that that can't be right. seems from, oh, no, I'm sorry. Netflix, December 2018. Mm. I had the wrong thing there in my notes. But it's John Grisham. It's built around John Grisham's 2006 book, The Innocent Man, murder and injustice in a small town yeah grisham he wrote what the firm rainmaker let let me look him up i think that's right i mean they're both fictitious great great movies but uh the client the pelican brief the rainmaker yeah Yeah, the firm the firm yeah the firm is funny though the time to kill is a great movie he he just loves lawyer movies and he loves to put them in the south. That's his that's his uh bag of tricks. But I watched the firm the other day and it it just doesn't hold up as well. You know just, you know what does hold up? A movie that I could watch a hundred times? The Rainmaker. Oh, that's a cool Oh fantastic. Clara, Clara Danes yeah. and uh Matt Damon. So Danny uh, DeVito. Oh, he's great in that one. Uh what's what were we talking about? Okay, so one of the ones that should have been higher on my list or should have been, I guess, on my list is the case against Adnan Syed, which was a four-part documentary. Um, HBO. Which, which you can find that on HBO. Another one that I thought was pretty good. Now, this is my oldest one on the list was Beware the Slender Man, which is HBO oh, yeah. as well. Another good one. And then have you seen I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Okay. Which is HBO as well. I was actually thinking about that on my way to the garage today because I have watched the first episode, but I got several more to go. So we'll see here, Captain. Does it make the kernel list for next year? Let us know what you think. Go to truecrimegarage.com or Instagram, or Facebook. We'll have a little post on all the different social media platforms. And just let us know what you think, or give us some suggestions to watch, because I like to write those down, and when we do get a free chance in between cases, 
I'll actually make time to dive into some documentaries that I've missed along the way. So I always appreciate that. And we'll have our list for our top five true crime documentaries on the blog, truecrimegarage.com. want to thank everybody for joining us this week in the garage you're welcome hopefully you guys have enough to check out enough to binge gave you something to chew on right yeah something binge worthy so until next week be good be kind and don't litter Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.